0: beautiful hot spring day here in Arizona I am sharing a phone conversation with my beautiful soul sister lady this audio is pretty poor as this was not a planned session so please have some grace with us this felt like it needed to be shared in the timing of the now. I have also noticed on a side note that looks like Spotify has bought out Anchor or has taken over Anchor. Anchor is no longer um I didn't really get much warning, but um just all of it disappeared. So As of right now, there are no commercials, so enjoy it, and this is all just from the goodness of our souls and our hearts. Yeah, this is a vulnerable episode. This is the year of the vortex taking you into... (laughs) Separately, Lady and I were out to lunch, gone from our brains. Uh if you will, and often out of our bodies and watching from our soul selves, kind of like, oh boy, (laughs) buckle up, it's about to be a crazy ride, so thank you for being here with us in this sacred safe space on the Healing Soulfully podcast. Enjoy the bells, enjoy the wind. And enjoy this vulnerable, raw, open, honest, love-filled conversation. Please do read the disclosures as there are trigger warnings and all sorts of goodies. So all the love, light, healing, and healing soulfully. I will see you, hear you, speak with you very soon. Continue the work, my loves. Thank you, thank you, thank you for going in and doing this work. You're healing the world. Feeling this, like, chaos energy and, like, that, like, what I interpreted it as butterflies, I think, turned into this. and, And the butterflies from high school started morphing into these little, like, purple monsters within me that like (laughs) held trauma and were trauma responses and it's just like chaos and stress and confusion and no memory and in a not right memory or whatever like it so I feel like all this work that i've done going to mexico with you guys being in a safe environment to heal and do this work and to open up with raven and open my womb space and treat my body as the sacred temple to deliberately turn down an opportunity to lay with somebody um Like, all these things, all, like, it's all making so much sense for this return to New Hampshire. I feel I'm returning Nairi, grounded. Seriously, like, the only thing I'm missing is Erica's, like, warrior clothing. (laughs) I'm just, like, I want to, like, walk in and be like, I'm here. And I want, like, my machete. Like, I see having a machete in my van and... I want my little fucking dagger with my thigh strap that I've, like, always envisioned. I just see my whole sleeve appearing and my chest tattoo and my, oh, it's just all coming together and I love myself and I love this person and I love this expression and I love how I'm just tasting every moment that I fucking can and... Look at when you do the work and you surrender and you accept the highest path. Look at what manifested a fucking van <laughs> You got a van. <laughs> you got a motherfucking van, bruh. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, oh I oh. It... What? Say it, we died. We had to fucking die. I remember the exact fucking moment I watched my soul leave my body. I was in the desert in Tacopa, California. And a lot of trailblazing, a lot of suffering in the silence, and in the darkest depths of the shadows, and the... We... <laughs> I say this, and I think every time I have more of an appreciation for saying it. I was so devoted in the Western allopathic medical community... I was so deeply immersed. I was trained. Trained six six plus years training. Uh, deeply immersed. I mean, cadaver labs, sitting in on surgeries. I mean, working as an acute care occupational therapist in ICU units with patients hooked up to ventilators, mobilizing them in the unit in the bed or whatever. Like, what have you. I was in it. Those were my colleagues. Those were some of maybe even heroes for me, and I didn't even notice. Um, And it took all this. And it took my 30th birthday, spending it in the ER, having this elder gentleman literally mimic my grandfather who had passed, Uh, his name was the same. (laughs) It was, like, trippy, and Eddie was helping the wife move the wheelchair, like, he kind of helped at times with my grandpa at the end. Like, he sat on my grandpa's deathbed with me and asked if he could marry me one day. And my grandfather said, well, that's up to her. And I love that for my grandpa, like, his last, bit was really empowering me and letting this be my life, and I didn't realize it was such a simple answer like that, I couldn't, I was just, like, kind of upset, like, you could have just said yeah, like, (laughs) but I say that the western medical field didn't turn a blind eye, No, 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 no. I didn't fall through the cracks, no, 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 no. No, I was shoved through the cracks of this dis system and this society mm-hmm. that is a business, a corporate business, mind you. Yep. Um, and they did a lot of construction. They fucking sealed up the cracks. They like built a new road over it. They like, Put developments over it and I said, Oh, this may be haunted this building, but that's all we know. Yeah, they they wanted me gone. I distant memory, out of fucking sight. Don't don't speak your truth. Oh god forbid, don't speak your truth. Wow. That. Wish I, <laughs> I am recording. Officially. night <laughs> too much goodies book somewhere, I don't know, but, um, I wrote that year about, I feel like it was when I was living at Jen's house, may she rest in peace and reincarnate with such a lime-free life, um, bless you, beautiful warrior, I was living at Jen's house, and I remember, oh my gosh, I just remembered what it actually was. Eddie went to, uh, back to Kingman to empty out, like, the rest of what he could from the RV, and it was still snowy there, so he was like, I'm not taking, alright, you're crazy ass, seriously, like, I was, like, out of my fucking mind, so, um he was like, I'm not taking you there. I have to babysit you. You're going to get lost in the desert, pass out. I have to go hop on the four-wheeler and find you. Because that has happened. I've had, like, seizures out in the desert and passed out in the desert. And people don't know where I am. Or in the snow or whatever. Um, And he was like, no, I'm going to go. And I'm just like, so talk about trauma for me. Like, my home was lost in a fire with, it was a good intention of a human um, that ended up in a terrible, you know what, I've realized that my first home, our first home, that RV, leaving it on that property was kind of like a... You know, when you like trade and barter services type of thing, I feel like that was kind of like our trade, like our pay off for one meeting Amelia, who is such a soul sister in this life, and the three coyotes that came into our fucking existence that changed all three of our worlds and lives and trajectories and everything. So, you know what? I've looked at it a different way now and. I'm really grateful for how it all transpired, but he went and cleared out as much as he could, and I stayed back at Jen's house, and I locked myself basically in a closet, laying on that PEMF mat constantly, and Amelia and Wiley, and the puppies were still pretty young, um, Amelia and Wiley came to babysit me, and, uh... That is when this monster that, like, I had felt the darkness, like, when I was in Washington State, I just came clean to Heather about, like, oh, yeah, like, in, when I was living in Washington, there was a moment where, with everything that led up to that, with my improper wisdom, no, the root canal year or more before, and then the improperly removed wisdom teeth and then the fall um and traumatic brain injury my most close near-death experience um so all this like basically with that fall like I feel like my blood brain barrier became really permeable and all those infections that were just housing and creating and you know harboring in my jaw and teeth Um, just went right straight to my brain. So when I was in Washington, I remember, like, I was really good. I was getting stronger physically, and I remember being in the RV, and all of a sudden, this darkness just fucking moved into my brain. And I remember feeling like, holy shit, I remember when I sat with Combo in Colorado. I felt like this darkness came out of me looked at me from like above but then like came back inside of me and then was fucking chasing me ever since so (laughs) I um felt that kind of darkness like sink but only into my brain and I remember crying for three hours straight and I had this vivid memory of Heather coming over because we were living two houses away And she just sat on the ground. I think Eddie must have called her. And she just sat on the ground with me and held me. And just kept saying how proud of me she was. And how I was doing this work. I had never heard anyone say that to me in those depths. And like that fucking vulnerable and broken feeling. Like, so I remember that was like. The longest I had ever cried was like three hours. I was like, "Damn, it was such a long time." But then it just kept getting worse and worse, and then it turned into six hours, and it turned into nine hours, and it turned into three fucking days, and it turned into six fucking days, and it was turned into screaming every day, and then it was turning into every day Eddie was worried that the cops were going to be called on, him basically, because you, show up, and there's a white woman in distress with a Latino, boyfriend. <laughs> It doesn't look good ever. Yeah. When he's my absolute hero and savior and protector, and if you separated him from me, I was really terrified, and I definitely would have ended up on the psych unit, and I definitely wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed.
1: Yep. You're Unfortunately, uh, everything said. Uh, okay. Well,
0: you had to do the work. Doing the work. Doing the work.
1: talking about that with one of my healers when i started doing trauma work around that year i'm like so there's this one time (laughs) where i like down this mountain and i don't know how the fuck i made it home like i even because one of the things i'll show you this during that year for me was i kept telling my mom and she said I was cinderella i kept feeling like i was locked in this dungeon like it was even though it was my own house um anyway and a part of totally get that. Yup. My 28th birthday, when it first happened, I like woke up and I was like, "Ooh," and I felt like, like, I felt like my brain was wandering around, but my body was completely taken over. I don't even know. <laughs> I was
0: like, I've got this vivid memories here describing like the amount and how fast you were going. I doubt I was going this fast, because I stole the truck that we moved into, the K1500, and I, did I, I, don't think I took the dogs, I don't think I had time to take the dogs, I don't know, I don't know that, I don't, I think Eddie had the dogs, Eddie had the dogs, which is probably why I was freaking out a lot, because the dogs at that point were really grounding to me, um, even though it really wasn't a healthy relationship, because I was not stable, and I did some. Whew, hard things, but um, I ran out of the freaking house or whatever I remember, like ran from me or whatever, hobbled or whatever I did. Maybe I did run, <laughs> it's very likely. You did run. <laughs> I probably ran and you forced out the shit out of that, <laughs> yeah, queen, and then. I accidentally, Eddie's brother ran after me and was trying to stop me, and I closed his hand in the door. And I remember, like, keeping the door closed. and probably confident I locked it. And I, like, kind of looked at him. I don't know if I asked him if he was okay, but I, or I saw that he was okay. Like, he kind of, like, indicated he was okay. And I just fucking took off in the truck. I... Had no idea the tailgate was completely open. There was still shit all in the back from when we lived in it. Like, I ended up in, talk about a country girl going back to her roots. I ended up on, like, the side trail up in the, like, (laughs) where the power lines go. And you, like, have to get up into a little trail and, like, Eddie went up there with the he found me in the bug and the, he came up with the beetle and the two dogs were in the back and his niece was in the passenger side so vivid now that I remember this I remember like crying and pacing and like hitting things with like the stick that I found and like I remember like analyzing different leaves and like just being so confused and being like what am I doing here this is kind of cool and uh, what is happening I'm mad why am I mad I'm so rageful like and he got there and I remember being so pissed to he, he was just really really burnt out at this point you know five years in completely full-time caring for me and saving my life almost on a daily basis at this point I mean I was like cutting my thighs so deep that I realized the other day, actually, that my left leg is so much more thicker scars because I uh, stopped cutting the right side as much because I couldn't feel my right leg as much and I wanted to feel it. Relax. So, I, he up. got there and he was like, Are you fucking stupid? Are you fucking crazy? Like, And I just remember being like, Yeah. 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 hmm Yeah. Yeah, I kinda am. I believe there's a problem. Yeah, there's something wrong baby. The thing is, is at that that point, we did know. I was holding on for that fucking appointment for Dr. Wall because when we moved into the truck, our first trip was up to Utah for... Mama Tina donated us that testing appointment. That three and a half, four hour day. She gifted that to us so that we could go up there, and we made it happen, and it was a snowstorm on the way back. We chased out of a snowstorm in the truck with four animals. like It was crazy, but I knew because of that, I needed major surgery. I didn't know why, really. I didn't understand all of it, but I knew, and he couldn't get me in until June fucking 1st, and I remember... That was like months away. <laughs> and Mama Tina was just like, hold on, baby. Like, hold on. When I would get I got lost in the woods one night, mm-hmm. and I knew like if I went back, I was going to the psych unit, like someone was gonna bring me. And I well.
1: you didn't go there, Ash? God, I just called you back. <laughs>
0: I went right back to that year Exactly. That's, That's exactly what I just thought.
1: didn't tongue them the second time and managed to hide that I was taking them from the <laughs> nurse um I don't
0: know if I would have made it out that time yeah. the second time absolutely we know that in our court yeah like, and
1: like I don't know if you were there who, I don't know just who fucking knows but that's what they do They. especially if you have Lyme like I was even told like two years before Yep. Don't mention it. Yep. Like don't even say it. And yep. I didn't know that was a thing until I talked to more people I'm like, yeah, no, you don't tell them that you have Lyme disease co infection no. infection disease and shit that's causing this. You don't say that because then they're gonna think you're more crazy. Yep. But of course me the first time I went, I did. All, all the way in the ambulance ride, like eating the chocolate chips that I put in my 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 uh pocket. <laughs> 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 uh but no, you go there don't go to those places to get better those places are designed to keep you fucked up, sick, and coming back either coming back there or going back to your doctor for more drugs it's uh yep. unfortunate truth and reality of our fucking system.
0: yeah, I you received if you're comfortable saying a bipolar diagnosis, was that it? Or?
1: bipolar 1 is over here whatever the fuck that means one
0: and two. I don't know what the difference. is. <laughs> yeah, axis one. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on if you have just I believe from my memory, old DSM 5.0 long time ago. Um, it's if you have one depression or manic versus both right. like swings of both. Right, right, right. I think. I think
1: I was manic. Uh-huh. Well, obviously. Um. <laughs> I remember though, like they kinda told me it was first time and then they didn't medicate me, but they sent me home after three days. What fucked me up about that whole fucking three days they sent me home. Not met and I wasn't medicated and I went home and I was good for a while, but I wasn't like totally there still. I wasn't like at the next phase, if you will, of, of all this, but I was still like totally out out to fucking watch. Like I was uh, moving shit around in my room a lot like reorganizing in a really fucked weird way like as if I was packing my shit because I knew I was going somewhere (laughs) but like I put all of my most valuable things and anything that in my brain I'm like if the world ends tomorrow everyone's gonna need to read these books and I'm like putting all this shit this chest in my room and then I like I legit was like I'm gonna die someone's gonna find this be like hey well this is all this is all the most strange, provocative, like, you name it. And, like, wasn't making sense, talking to everyone, like, yeah. And then I went back to the hospital.
0: So you what went was that two mean? times or three times? Three times.
1: <sighs> and then the second time they medicated me, but I found the medication because I knew it was going to hurt me. i remember that. That's when I had... Uh, that's when Matthew was there. My friend from school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was there during that time. And I'm pretty sure that's when we were, like, fucking telepathically speaking to each other. Because I kept hearing his voice being like, don't take these drugs. These are going to hurt you. And I know it sounds Mm-mm. so fucking crazy, but that's what happened. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what? like We were communicating with each other. And uh, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I got... But this is a fucked up say. I was off all the meds. Because I would tongue them. And then it split them out. And I remember when I'd go into the bathroom, I'd, like, sob. I would be like, please forgive me, like, I can't believe i lie, Cause I couldn't lie, I'm not a good liar. Same. And I'd cry, and, like, ask for forgiveness, Is was like, forgive me for lying, and, no. and then I got released, like, a week and a half, two weeks later. My question to this day is, like, how could they release a patient who was heavily medicated, but not taking the meds, and they couldn't tell the fucking difference when I got released three weeks later? I was, I was the exact same because I was out of the environment I was in. I was out of the mold, like all that shit too. And then I went back after I told my mom I stopped taking I was like, I got to be honest, I didn't take drugs when I was there. Um, and then when they did medicate me the third time and they checked, I had to take liquid everything.
0: Oh.
1: Oh, yeah. I was on a watch list. Uh, I had to take Ativan. No, the first time I was, second time I just talked I about when I talked to I had to Piggies take
0: Adamant. Adamant. That just doesn't
1: and even was sound so right. I high from it, I felt like I just snorted the rail. Like, it felt like I just did a fucking line of coke. And I, I told him, I was like, I can't take this shit. It's supposed to calm me down. I'm like, it's making me feel like a pie is a kite. And that's when the voices, I guess you could say, of my, like, guides were like, do not take these drugs or you're not going to get
0: out of here. Seriously. I don't think I realized until I kind of watched it go down in some Lyme Warriors um, how much, especially psychiatric medications, but really a lot of big pharma meds uh, feed the infections. They just, these bugs love that shit for whatever reason. Oh, fuck it. They absolutely do. Like, the one drug I
1: was on... i was there i had to take all the meds because i were all liquid and i didn't have like there's no way i could cheat that one <laughs> i had shakes so bad i had a nurse i told you about this woman i had a psych nurse she was my second nurse when i was out she's amazing we sat down once i told her my story i told her everything because i felt really connected to her right away i was like you know she's wearing crystals around her neck she's throwing f-bombs around i'm like okay this woman she's she's only like in her 50s I was like, this woman's been there, done that, and she also has 30-something years of um, nursing on her belt, psych nursing. Wow. So I told her, though, I said the word a spiritual first. I said spiritual emergency, and she goes, what? Like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't believe I'm bipolar. I don't believe what I went through was whatever. I said, I went through spiritual emergency, which from my research shows, a lot of people go through them,
0: and it's, it's looked at as a mental breakdown. I said, because I went through this, I
1: died, I remember everything, I was like, you're not supposed to remember mania, I was like, I remember every detail, I could recite it to you right now, mm-hmm. anyway, and she held me hand, she goes, you're not Bible or sweetie, I'm gonna work with you, so she actually had to drop me as a client, cause, and she ended up becoming my spiritual healer, and I did read for, um, breathwork sessions with her, released like tons of trauma, and like, did three of them with her, anyway, Earth angel. um, uh, oh yeah, she, she totally is. Um, oh yeah, but uh, I was on I was on a drug called. It's a common medication given to people bipolar. Not lithium, but it does the same thing. Except for lithium, makes you like robot like. Is it
0: it's Actually used for
1: seizures.
0: Is it Seroquel?
1: Basically, no, I did take Seroquel though mm. at, at one point. I mm. forget what it's called. Yeah. Oh, velproic acid. There's two names for it, valproic acid. Anyway, I was on such a high dose. The one time I went to meet her for coffee, I was like shaking so hard. I couldn't hold things. I was like this. I told her, I was like, I'm sweating like crazy at night. I have crippling anxiety, which I've never felt before. Like, I never felt anxiety in my life like that until I was on these drugs. I was super fucking depressed. I put on 30 pounds, which at that time was good, because I was, like, 90 pounds,
0: but Still it was not, quite, it's like, not good weight, health. it's, like, the, mental. yeah,
1: it's not um, healthy weight. And she looked at me, she, oh, and I was jaw jacked, my teeth bad, and she's oh. like, you cannot be on this side of the dust. I was like, I know, but, like, I'm on a contract, because I was on a fucking contract.
0: What does that mean in Canada?
1: So, when you're on the mental health project, the second time I was a... I don't like to say arrest, it wasn't arrest. Detained. Yeah. But at least they're like, We're being sent here by the Mal-Blessed Health Act. So when you are put into a psych unit against your will, I don't know all of the criteria, if you will, but when you sign it for a year, Ooh. I think.
0: It's like
1: probation. I think it's a year. It could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, you cannot you stop taking your meds or something else, you'll they'll send you back. Ooh,
0: to the side. So so,
1: yeah, so when I told my mom I wasn't on my meds, I went back because they called. And then, you know, no fault of their own. They were fucking scared. My mom and I did some huge healing around that like two weeks ago. It was really beautiful. We talked about it. But, um, I remember, uh, I remember talking to my psychiatrist. The one who didn't diagnose me, the person, so I misdiagnosed, the guy who did, oh, he would ask me the same three fucking questions every time I'd go to see him. Do you have any racing thoughts? <laughs> um, Are you suicidal? Uh, and I'm like, well, I wanted to say to him, like, I'm in a fucking psych unit that reminds me of a horror movie, and I'm being drugged against my will, and I just lost my mind because this, 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 this. So I just, you know, I was on my best behavior and so on. So he di- misdiagnosed me bipolar. And then a year later, I finally got to talk to my new psychiatrist in, in real. I said, I need to talk, tell you what was going on with me before I was sent away and medicated and misdiagnosed. And he goes, well, yeah, please share. I haven't heard this yet. And I'm like, you've been treating me with this hardcore drug. You don't actually know what's wrong, what happened before. So there was a student nurse there, too, which was kind of nice. Um, and I told him exactly what I went through. Exactly. I said, I don't evidence of all meeting pictures <laughs> my family saw like i was burning alive i was severely underweight so on and so forth i i was told i'd been living with chronic viral and bacterial infections so on and he just his eyes lit right up and i i wanted to stay in that moment so you're gonna take out these meds right <laughs> like and um yeah no i i was on them for another like few months and then I told Cole when Cole and I got to I'm not doing this to myself anymore I'm not hurting my body my gut my brain I'm not hurting my soul and saying you're fucking crazy you need to take these pills so that's what it felt like I was being told by everyone like I had parents friends be like like sit down with me and be like you know Dana that you have to take these forever and I'm like excuse me but it's because no one knew anything about infectious disease
0: no one no one knows (laughs)
1: Then I had that, like, another week of um, Vortex. And then uh, I said to my doctor, after I told Cole, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not taking these pills. Like, just fuck with me. Every time I'd reach for them, I'd feel, like, crippling anxiety and trauma come up. Like, because I was being forced to take that shit. I didn't like it. And I went off them, and I'm, well, almost three years later, I'm, you know, doing pretty
0: alright. Yeah, I would say now. How far out are you from your mouth surgery? With uh, from Utah. Oh shit! I'm gonna look that up. I
1: think just a month last week. Uh-huh. Right? Let's see. Um, March, and, March, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, March. Uh,
0: To go now, but. Wow. And how is your brain
1: since
0: post-op?
1: I probably had, so you know, you've lived with me for two months. I, Lyme rage is huge. I went through that a lot. I'd go through like from zero to a hundred irritability, want to throw things, break things. Yep. I hurt everyone in my path. Um, depression, anxiety, total upset with reality everyone can read my thoughts i'm losing it um i've had one moment of rage and that was totally based on a whole bunch of other shit it wasn't the usual like pop up out of nowhere it was just I, I was bottled up just like my healer the other day I was like you're so bottled up right now girl you need to go smash some shit i'm like yeah i do <laughs> um
0: but you understand why that that was the differentiation
1: yeah, the difference yeah. And then um, I'd say pff, I haven't had anything else. I've had a few days of anxiety when I was around that session I just did that I told you about. Right. Um, justifiable. Like, I feel like my eyes aren't cloudy. I feel like I can actually think. Wow. Um, I can pay attention to things better and concentrate better. Yep. I sleep better. Um, I don't have pain in my neck and my shoulders anymore because of the renectomy I had, because of the tongue release. Yep. Um, my, like, I walk better, dude. Like, I don't have any swelling. What? Or pain in my knees anymore. Nope, my knees, I can walk around, I can stand up for, like, two minutes, five minutes, and my knees don't swell. There's no pain. I don't have to move because they hurt so bad. Well, Miss um, Lady, I see you. Yeah.
0: Um, and question, does bipolar linger on your medical record?
1: I don't think so, um, because my general practitioner did not diagnose me at that. He never prescribed me any of my drugs, and... It didn't say that. Like no one mentioned it in Mexico. Dr. Wall. I don't think he had my medical chart. Like I'd have to ask, but I don't think so. Like so, my my GP put Lyme as a diagnosis last wow. year. Wow. Not personal
0: history of Lyme disease, like nope. on my medical history. Um, my medical record still to this day. Um make <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I'm curious. So, basically, you kept it isolated at that one hospital so that it didn't spread
1: everywhere. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I guess. Because I only say it like that, babe, because that has has become so much of all of our reality. Like, just recently, you know my poor roommate falling and you know she had a compression fracture and you know i've been going back and forth with struggling like wow was did i get my did i let my trauma of the medical community get in the way of the proper treatment for my friend because Um, but there were so many factors. We went back and forth about all the pros and cons of going into the ER. Like, I really was willing to bring her or call an ambulance or whatever we needed to do if that's what she really felt like. Um, I did have her very medically stable here. Um, the first night was scary. But, you know, I know the reality... Of what happens. I've spent so much time. In the hospital now. And you know Lynn. My friend really hasn't. And um, to. And I. (laughs) I guess part of me would really like to keep it that way. For her (laughs) like. But. Uh There are so many factors. And then like you know. She she goes to the pain clinic. And they won't even take the imaging. That the chiropractor took. Like they just have no respect. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's just, so it, it's kind I only said it in those words to get really clear, because that is a skill, that's a tool that we've all had to utilize in this Lyme journey, and there's no shame in it, and there's no um, guilt in it, because we're doing what we need to do to survive. We don't say the fucking L word when we go into the hospital. Like, you avoid it as much as fucking possible. Like, it's, it's bothersome that it's on there sometimes just because, you know, I, you know, I hate to say it like this, but I've had to say it like this in the, in the past and even now still that I'm blessed, in quotes, I'm blessed enough to have such a cascade of other issues in all my other vital organ systems that Lyme and the treatment, a lot of the treatment, the maltreatment of Lyme and co-infections has taken on my body. And so I'm blessed enough to have so many other fucking issues, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) So I, I said it like that because it's this huge game and I never wanted to play any sort of game like this. But you know what? We're so fucking in it. And if you're not playing it, you're dead in it. And we know many, many people that have not made it. And we know the leading cause of death um, in our community is suicide. So, uh, I just feel so called to open up our year of the vortex and let everyone in. Lady in the Raw, Nairi Heels, this is what we do. This is this is how we give back, this is how we walk in our purpose, this is how we make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. This is why we're still fucking it, here. Yeah. I
1: don't know how. Yeah. Really. <laughs> we got each other. <laughs> so many other people in our tribe. Um, I don't know, it's, About it like we do, you know, because I know a lot of people who've gone through similar shit. They've been ended. They've ended up hospitalized, um, attempted suicide, you name it. And um, getting misdiagnosed with a mental health disorder when you have this illness it's so common. Like I was flipping through Prime the other day, Amazon video, whatever. And look, I like to watch documentaries, and there was one about bipolar and how it's like something when. Or, you know, like you know, one of the most common mental health sort something like that. And I remember, like I couldn't even fucking watch it. I'm like, I'm not watching that because all I'm gonna be thinking of is these poor people actually have something going on in their brain on a cellular level, on a microbial, parasitic, whatever level. Heavy metals, oh, even. Heavy metals. Like when I learned yesterday about, I have severe lead. Like she's like, I'm off the charts. She goes mercury with mercury was just low. Um, extremely high. She goes. This is. She goes. Mercury is probably off the charts too. She goes. But your body is fighting off lead even more. Blah blah blah. But that can cause crazy ass mental health issues. But no one addresses that because well, it's because how doctors are trained. It's not there Did I tell you my naturopath? She's she, my new one. She's amazing. My gosh. Um. She's one of the only lime literate ones in our province. Um. She was, she had a student nurse sitting up there that's just about, not a student nurse, sorry, a student um, in naturopathic school, just finishing up for, I guess, four years, and th- then my new doctor asked her, It's like, how much do they talk about Lyme? Like, I'm interested to know that, because she's now sat through a couple <laughs> uh, meetings with people with Lyme, and she goes, they teach, like... An hour about it. She goes, they don't mention anything that you've said. She goes, they say there's tick bites, there's bullseye rashes, course of antibiotics. I'm like, wait, 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 naturopathic school, they're not even fucking teaching about this illness. Like, that because like I have friends, babe. I have friends in my like close friends of mine who have like, serious mental health issues. One of them's on the same fucking drug I was on, and I know based on their other physical symptoms they talk to me about. They are not mentally ill and should not be medicated. Like, my one girlfriend, she's on like 12 different medications, and it breaks my heart because I'm like, oh my gosh, I could tell you, I could don't, like, I. And it's a
0: life sentence these days. It's, 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 you have this chemical imbalance. We've really bought into this chemical imbalance that. I don't know really where, where that rooted, but I totally bought into it. When I was working on an inpatient psych, a locked inpatient psych unit, I was running group therapy, okay, as a student. But still, I was sitting in on these conversations, have convincing people to take these poisons. Because I was so brainwashed. I mean, I I really bought in. But this chemical imbalance shit, we're learning so much more about epigenetics, the expression of genetics, and how that can change your genome, your genetics in your body. You can express different things to change it. You can express illness, or you can express healing. So, and we're learning about neuroplasticity, and we're learning, we only know, we say we're practicing medicine for a reason. They're practicing. We're practicing, We're the guinea pigs. I have had holes cut open on me, trauma, you can't even, like, begin to scratch the surface in today's conversation, like, but I'm so grateful that we're bringing it back to this brain this brain is what took us off the radar completely and away from all of our people and our support and our tribe and our unit and our, you know, what we're advocating for. We went silent and we're coming, we're re emerging as Lady and Nairi. And it's very nice to meet you all and it's very nice to welcome everyone into our own true soul selves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. You're yeah. Here, here. It doesn't happen. I don't know. It doesn't happen by changing your clothes and your hairstyle. You, you gotta die. <laughs> <laughs> Dying must.
0: Death must occur. <laughs> Hey, having your soul leave your body is pretty fucking terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It's not. It's not easy work, man. This is. This is what I say. This is the work that nobody else wants to fucking do, man. It's what we do on a daily. Is what? What you say? We do it on the daily. Oh goddess. What? Oh, that just electrocuted me. That's nice. Oh, the wires are showing. Did you know if the wires are showing in your cord and you touch it when you plug it in you get burned a little? What wires? What are you doing right now? I was just trying to plug in my iPad and then of course there's a situation. Oh,
1: yourself a
0: little bit? It was like a burn. It felt like a burn. It was interesting. You know. Oh, babe, thank you so much for always keeping it so raw, real, open, vulnerable, and speaking our truths in the name of healing. And for so many others, like I said in today's conversation, like that woman in Mexico at the market looked me deep into my soul and said thank you to me for doing the work for everyone not just for myself that she could see she I was doing the work for her too and everyone and I was just taken so aback and that's how I feel about you too and so just man I love you I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this recording goodness me I pray that you found golden nuggets of wisdom, purpose, meaning, just felt loved, held, seen in any way whatsoever in this episode, Um, please take what feels like it serves your highest and best and leave the rest, release the rest, Um, understand these are our journeys, our personal experiences. And we're sharing our truth, nothing more. Thank you again for being here. I look forward to connecting again very soon. So much love.